Hello and welcome again to another episode of Strange Pathways. I am your host, Scott Mort. I've been having a really, a really interesting week. It's been good. It's been, it's been a little, little odd. Uh, my wife was having just a bit of a depressive episode. And we were sitting in the room. And all of a sudden, the TV just clicked on by itself. She goes over to the room where the TV is. None of the cats are near the remote. Nothing like that. There was nothing that would have turned the TV on. The only thing that I can guess is that maybe the lights of a passing uh, car maybe, maybe flash just right and turn the TV on. You can do that. Certain wavelengths that flash just right can trigger your remote, the little remote sensor in your, in your TV. If you want to see something really neat, take your phone, turn the camera on, and then point your TV remote at the camera in your phone. Now, those wavelengths, those, those wavelengths are completely invisible to the human eye. But, but, your camera will pick them up. And you look down that screen, and you can see that little flash pattern. You can use that flash pattern to turn on your television, change the channels. There's different patterns for each thing. It's really cool. I actually, I had a friend, <laughs> this... This is wild. I had a friend who, whenever he was about nine or ten, was hit in the eye with a baseball. But because his lens had cracked, it didn't filter out the infrared light. So if he would look, if he would look at that, he would get little flashes. Very, very cool. That's neither here nor there, though. little side trip. But the TV turned itself on. Strangely enough, we weren't freaked out about this. We just kind of went over. We sat down in front of the TV, and we started watching videos on YouTube. The really interesting thing is, it snapped my wife out of her depression. It was almost as if something cared enough for us that it went, okay, click. And pretty soon we're sitting there laughing at funny videos on YouTube. Now I get sometimes, sometimes the paranormal can be very frightening. But I want you to remember, sometimes the paranormal can be very sweet, very caring. And if I had to guess, this was probably one of those times. Our first tale is going to take us all the way to Argentina, a little camp south of Jacinto Ruiz. I'm not saying that right. Jacinto Ruiz. The camp's called El Estribo. This is happening this year, around November 16th. A woman is found. She's around 55 years old. She's in shock, unable to communicate verbally, but she can write. She had seen a bright light in her backyard and didn't really remember anything. 
Investigators questioned her family. Now, a family member had told the investigators that she had made several calls from her cell phone to relatives, children, cousins, but there was always a gust sound, like, like whenever wind enters a microphone. Around 7 p.m., this relative just said, I, I didn't answer the calls anymore. Now, that night before, her husband couldn't find her. He, he though, he became concerned. He was receiving call after call after call from his wife, but he couldn't hear anything except for a hum. The police were brought in. They searched. It, it was fruitless. Uh, Jacinto Aruiz police chief, Matias Alvarez, reported that trained dogs following the trail suddenly lost them about 150 meters from her home. Now, finally, police in Guadaracha. That's a town in the province of La Pampa, about 65 kilometers away. They reported finding the woman the next day. They took her to the nearby hospital, and finally, she's able to talk again. Now, this woman... She was, she's 55. She's not in the best of health. Lord knows I, I can sympathize with that. They said this woman would have struggled to walk half a kilometer and less so at night. The police look at her clothing. They look at her feet. There are no signs of a long walk, no signs of a struggle. News of this woman gets out and a truck driver tells a newspaper in Argentina that he's seen unusual lights in the same area. He said, and I quote, translating to English, of course, when I pass at La Tigra, a bright light appears again on the horizon. I had a rather strange feeling. It washed over me like a shiver, an adrenaline. I don't know. When I look again, I no longer see the light. That was on Monday. I was impressed with what happened to Aroese's wife. And that's why I'm telling you what happened to this woman was she sees a light. She goes outside. And that's where her memory ends. But she tried to call her relatives. And then all of a sudden she's found 65 kilometers away in less than a day. I've, I've said this before. These little aliens that, that tend to abduct people, I don't know whether they're doing it on purpose to make the person seem not as credible, or maybe they're just kind of stupid. I mean, they have access to the tech, but they really seem kind of stupid. I mean, it's not out of the question, right? I don't know how to build a cell phone, yet I've got one in my pocket right now. Technology and the ability to use it does not equal intelligence. Picking up this woman and then dropping her off 65 kilometers away 
That's a little odd. And I've heard other cases like this, too, where they'll drop the person off, but their clothes will be on inside out. They'll drop them off with their shoes on their hands. They don't really seem to have it together. I mean, just, just think, just think of the concept of false teeth, prosthetics. You would think that any civilization that has the ability to travel either between the stars or interdimensionally, you would think that civilization would have a firm grasp of prosthetics. Accidents happen. Body parts wear away. But they don't. They don't have that grasp. Whenever a very famous abduction case, Betty and Barney Hill, they asked Betty, are her teeth removable like her husband's? Thinking that we had modular parts we could mix and match. Betty had to explain to them the premise of false teeth, of dentures. Are we giving these creatures that abduct people too much credit? I think we are. I think we are. And then, and then you get into the cases of the men in black where they're there are there are various cases of the men in black one of them trying to drink jello like it's a liquid another one having to be shown how to use cutlery another one making out with a female a woman in black and asking the people that they're interrogating if he's doing it right this is stuff you could figure out pretty easily just by observing our society through media if you're able to infiltrate our society, you should be able to absorb the media. If you can communicate down to us, you should be able to absorb the media. If you're able to travel beyond the stars, interdimensionally, you should have the technology to access our media. I don't think these guys are very smart. What if they used to be, though? That's a thought that kind of keeps me up at night. What if these guys used to be smart? They used to be intelligent. And then, if everything's handed to you, you become complacent. What happens to humanity when our technology gets to the point that it can do everything for us? Do we become complacent? Do we become stupid? I enjoy camping. I don't get to do it as much anymore. And I need to fix that. There's something, there's something really nice about getting back to nature and sitting in the dark around that campfire. 
I mean, who doesn't love a marshmallow on a stick over a campfire? This tale comes to us from the town of Edinburgh in the UK. Uh, a YouTube user, Mr. MBB333, and I, I will link you his video on the Strange Pathways Facebook page. Uh, he, he got an email from a man named Mike. Now, this email, it said, Good day, sir. I live in the UK. Last week, I was shown a picture taken at a camping ground in Edinburgh, Kent, UK, by the girlfriend of one of my family members. I am one of the few to have seen the picture. I also have her permission to publish it, so please feel free. The young lady in question was asleep in her tent when she was awoken by some strange loud noises. The group had a campfire, which by 3 a.m. was burning quite low. Because of the still burning fire, she could not see much beyond her... Hi, buddy. Because of the still burning fire, she could not see much beyond a few yards. So she took her camera and proceeded to take pictures with the flash as she turned in a circle. The attached picture was what she caught. This took place in the summer of 2020. Now, it is, it is further explained that the reason she was doing this, she, she had been awakened by some very loud noises. What you see in the photo, once again, you can go over to the Strange Pathways Facebook page. I'll have a copy of the photo there. But what you see in the photo, it's... You don't want to use terms like the rake. But this looks very much like a rake. It's, it's thin. It's pale. So it, it looks like it's up in the tree. It's, it's on crouched, crouched legs. Its arms are holding on to some branches. And there's eye shine. Now, thankfully, thankfully, the camper didn't see this until she brought the photos back home. Now, there have been a lot of arguments. This could be, some people are saying this is a fairy. And in fey folklore, they're not tiny little guys with wings. They're just kind of normal-sized individuals. Some of them, at least. Some are saying this is a cryptid. Some are saying this is a ghost. But, I mean, she was camping. This also could have been just a creepy-looking guy hiding in a tree. Here's what I think it is. Believe it or not, I'm, even though I'm a believer, I'm a skeptical believer. It takes... A lot for me to believe. What I'm seeing here, I'm not seeing something crouched in a tree. 
What I'm seeing is maybe a clump of leaves. I'm seeing maybe a, a, a plastic bag stuck in a tree. Maybe it's maybe it's a wasp nest. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, it looks an awful lot like a wasp nest. But what about the eyes? And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm looking at this thing, and I see those eyes staring back at me. And you know what? I just see an owl. I see an owl perched on top of a plastic bag wrapped around a branch. Maybe I'm wrong. I do think it's interesting that almost every human being on the planet has some sort of innate fear of the dark. Evolution says that that has to be there for a reason. But I don't think it's any supernatural reason that we're afraid of the dark. We're more likely to get hurt in the dark. That's, you know, the same way that whenever you look down a cliff, it always looks much higher than whenever you look up that cliff. I think it's an evolutionary thing. It's, it's a phobia that's in all of us. It's an archetype. Stay out of the dark. Because your kind doesn't do well in the dark. Your kind dies in the dark. Quite honestly, some of the most frightening stuff has happened to me in the daytime. The part of me that likes creepy stuff, that likes scary stuff, likes to think that what I'm seeing is some sort of bizarre, twisted monster with glowing eyes up in a tree. But the rational part of me knows this is an owl on top of a plastic bag. This next story comes to us from the wonderful phantomsandmonsters.com. I, I've been a fan of phantomsandmonsters.com for years, back whenever it was phantomsandmonsters.blogspot.com. So, I mean, you can get lost over there. You can spend hours and hours and hours. This report comes to us from someone calling themselves MD. Now, he's, he's a man who lives in Manatee County, Florida, near the Mayaka River State Park. Now, MD says he, he's a man of logic. He's a man of explanation. He doesn't believe in ghosts, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. He doesn't believe in any of that. He... He's very familiar with the wildlife. He lives in the country. He, live, he lives in a spot where he's going to see foxes, coyotes, raccoons. Um, he says that there's, there's so many foxes around. And a lot of people there have chickens. Everyone has large dogs because the foxes will kill the chickens. So you keep the dogs scare off the foxes. Now he has a 70 pound male and a 60 pound female pit bull. Pit bulls are sweet. 
I I I personally like pit bulls. Um, it's all about how you raise them, is my opinion. You have to properly raise a dog. It's your responsibility. So, one night, he just sort of wakes up. And he realizes it is, it's cliche. It's quiet, too quiet. He says, you can't hear a cricket. None of his dogs are around. And they're usually around. They usually sleep in the bed with them. Out of nowhere, he hears a howl that goes off like a siren. He says almost like a deep yell, but you can tell this is not from a human. This is from an animal. A chill goes down his spine. He turns on the lights in his house. He looks for his pit bulls. He finds them in their crates, quivering. They are scared. He says he's never seen them scared. They're Purely terrified. His words, purely terrified. He turns on all the lights. He grabs a flashlight. He looks out his back window. And about 200 yards off, he sees a dog thing. He said this this is similar to a hyena build, but with a large amount of fur on its neck. Like a mane. Skinny back legs. The head is very wolf-like. Erect ears. A large skull. He says this thing was huge. And it was so black, it was hard to make out distinct characteristics. He said, but its presence scared him worse than anything that he's ever seen out there. The next morning, he goes, rightly so, I wouldn't go out there at night. Once again, going back to our previous story, I'd be afraid of going out in the dark. Normally, staying in the light keeps you alive. The next morning, he goes out to that spot where he saw the animal. He doesn't see any tracks, doesn't see any hair, nothing. Now, he says they've been having a lot of dead dogs in the area. Large dead dogs. Others are thinking it's a coyote, a feral dog. But he's thinking that it was the thing he saw. He's wondering if anyone in Florida has seen anything like this. Not exactly. But yes. Almost 20 years ago. On December 22nd, in the year 2000, the Sarasota Sheriff's Department got a letter. You've probably seen these photographs. The letter has two photographs in with it. You've probably seen them. But just in case you haven't, Once again, they're up on the Strange Pathways Facebook page. I had a hard time finding the letter. 
I actually had to go to the Wayback Machine to find the letter. I'll post the letter as well. The letter reads, Dear Sir or Madam, Enclosed, please find some pictures I took in late September or early October of 2000. My husband says he thinks it's an orangutan. Is someone missing an orangutan? It's hard to judge from the photos how big this orangutan really is. It's in a crouching position in the middle of standing up from where it was sitting. It froze as soon as the flash went off. I didn't even see it as I took the first picture because it was so dark. As soon as the flash went off for the second time, it stood up and started to move. I then heard the orangutan walk off into the brushes. From where I was standing, I judge it as being about six and a half to seven feet tall in a kneeling position. As soon as I realized how close it was, I got back to the house. It had an awful smell that lasted well after it had left my yard. The orangutan was making deep whoomp noises. It sounded much further away than it turned out to be. If I had known it was as close to the hedge roll as it was, I wouldn't have walked up as close as I did. I'm a senior citizen, and if this animal had come out of the hedge roll after me, there wasn't a thing I could have done about it. I was about 10 foot away from it when it stood up. I'm concerned because my grandchildren like to come down and explore in my backyard. An animal this big could hurt someone seriously. For two nights prior, it had been taking apples that my daughter brought down from up north, off of our back porch. These pictures were taken on the third night it had raided my apples. It only came back one more night after that and took some apples that my husband had left out in order to get a better look at it. We had left out four apples. I cut two of them in half. The orangutan only took the whole apples. We didn't see it take them. We waited up, but eventually had to go to bed. We got a dog back there now, and as far as we can tell, the orangutan hasn't been back. Please find out where this animal came from and who it belongs to. It shouldn't be loose like this. Someone will get hurt. I called a friend that used to work in animal control back up north, and he told us to call the police. I don't want any fuss or people with guns traipsing around behind our house. We live near I-75. And I'm afraid this orangutan could cause a serious accident if someone hit it. I once hit a deer that wasn't even a quarter of the size of this animal and it totaled my car. At the very least, this animal belongs in a place like Bush Gardens where it can be looked after properly. Why haven't people been told that an animal this size is loose? How are people to know how dangerous this could be? If I'd known an animal like this was loose, I wouldn't have approached it. I saw in the news that monkeys that get loose can carry hepatitis and are very dangerous. Please look after the situation. I don't want my backyard to turn into someone else's circus. God bless. Six and a half to seven feet tall, crouching. Now, I will say the photos, which are pretty famous. The photos does have an orangutan look to it. At, at first, I kind of thought, you know how, like, how orangutans have that, that blue kind of like pouch? At first, I thought it was blue. 
But then looking at the looking at the second photo, it's not really like a blue pouch. It's more more of a silvery fur. I'm colorblind. I have I have uh, I always mess this up. Deuteranopia colorblindness. So I have trouble with my colors and shades. But looking back, you know, at that second photo of this, of the Mayaka skunk ape, as this has been come to be known, you can kind of see, you can kind of see like a silver, silver hair on this. Now, the photos are extremely clear. The photos are extremely clear. It's looking straight at the camera. It's looking straight at the camera. And in the second photo, it's yelling. You can see. You can see like canines coming out of this thing. There isn't much space for a nose. The eyes and the mouth are very close together. And I suppose it's within the realm of possibility. What we're looking at is not a skunk ape, but it's actually a dog man. It's not like the two couldn't be confused for each other. It's not like the thing in our last story. This comes off of the subreddit Humanoid Encounters. Normally I don't like going to Reddit because anything can vanish at any time. But this is, this is something that kind of caught my eye. This comes from EI, Reddit user EI. I went back in his history. There's a little bit of paranormal stuff here and there, but nothing, nothing really that he's, he's made up. So EI says, Okay, so yesterday, now I live out in the country-ish, and I'm trying to sleep when I see a weird light. But, but I hesitate to call it a light because it was more of a glow from the outside of my window. I sleep on the second floor, but there's a very tall patio below my balcony. I see this glow, a very, very light green glow, almost white, but it's green. I didn't notice the tinge of green at first, so I thought it was a raccoon or something that tripped the light sensor. I go downstairs, and both of my dogs are in the kennel under the stairs. They're in there, not making a peep, even though they despise the kennel. That's when I hear it, a light buzz. By the way, I'm kind of cleaning this up. I'm taking out some words. I'm making it more listenable. I'm going to link this, but I'm kind of making this more, more readable here. This is my own version of what EI said. That's when I hear a light buzz. It was kind of like an earthquake or a bone conduction. I can't breathe. My knees buckle, and then I see it. It's hard to make out whatever color the rest of it is, and the head is the first thing I focus on. But I imagine it's either a very dark blue brown or purple but its head was a very intricate fractal like triangle I'm moving closer and closer my mind screaming not to get closer but I just keep going closer then I hit the window its gaze turns to me I freeze 
feeling the most fear I've ever felt. Then my dog bites my pant leg and yanks me out of its sight. Then it just vanished. I tried to see it again. Just vanished. He then says, One night he saw a shadow person for just a moment. And he felt that the shadow person knew that he saw it and he wasn't supposed to see it. He believes that this thing with the fractal triangle head is an enforcer to remove witnesses. He believes that this enforcer disappeared because it was about to be witnessed by his father getting home. That's a terrifying thought, isn't it? Shadow men can hire hit men. Hell has assassins. It's terrifying whenever you think about it. Maybe a lot of the missing person cases. A lot of the cases of sudden death. Might be these things. I mean, we really hear it all the time, don't we? He was so young. He was healthy. I saw him just the other week. I've got news for you. Most people are not like me and most likely you listening. Whenever they see something weird, they keep it to themselves. They talk themselves out of believing they saw what they saw. I would love to know how many people right before they died a week or two before they died saw something strange. Maybe something that they weren't supposed to see. Thank you for joining us this week on Strange Pathways. I want to throw a thank you out to Wombo.art. They make AI art. It's a wonderful website. The, the cover for this week's YouTube video is actually what happens whenever you take the word strange pathways, put it into Wombo art, and let the artificial intelligence create an image for you. Come on over. We're going to have a lot of material up on the Facebook page. Strange Pathways over on Facebook. I will get you approved as soon as possible. And if you'd like to contact us, you can do so at strangepathwaysmail at gmail.com. Thank you so, so much for joining us this week. Be sure to get out there, tell a friend, mention us on the forums. I'd love to see the show grow. And it's going to be you guys, you listening, you people who are enjoying this. It's going to be you that makes this podcast grow. Thank you once again. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>